The Mets were beaten down, or should I say the New York Giants were beaten down by the Atlanta Falcons as the Mets lost 21-3 Saturday. They lose three out of four to the Braves. They creep closer to last plays. They were in last plays on Sunday before they won a game. The Mets look like they are ready to call this season quits, Figgy, and we still got a good seven, eight weeks to go. Well, thank goodness for us, but uh, Mets have a lost season ahead of them. Uh, they're playing for pride of not being in last place and also at the same time, try to play spoiler. Give yourself something to play for. Uh, right now, it's been hard to watch these games, uh, finding more and more lowlights than highlights, and um, more and more stories are coming out of the woodworks about the dysfunction of this team. I didn't call Figgy a diva. He didn't call me a diva, but there was a Met that was called a diva. We'll dissect who that was and what the hell is going on behind the scenes. Should the Mets consider trading Pete Alonzo? We know a friend of ours at SNY thinks so, and does Nelson Figueroa think so? Do I think so? We'll talk about that, and we take a trip to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. It's all coming up next on a Please Help Us edition of Amazing But True from the New York Post. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. Welcome back to Amazing But True, a New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Jake Brown, alongside my co-host, back in the saddle, Nelson Figueroa. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Figgy and Wine. Follow the show at Amazing But True. Watch us on that New York Post Sports YouTube page. Find that Amazing But True playlist and listen wherever you get podcasts. Figgy? No, we did not have a montage of the Mets' lone win over the weekend because the rest of the weekend sucked. This team doesn't belong in the same class as the Atlanta Braves, Figgy. And over the weekend, that showed. Where in the first three games, they were outscored 34-3. to I saw more competitive baseball when the Bananas took on the party animals on Staten Island Saturday. That game was close. That went down in the ninth inning. No Met game was closed besides, you know, Sunday where Kodai Sanga has been carrying the Mets. When he pitches, they win. Everyone else, it's a big question mark. And no disrespect to Jose Quintana, who's throwing a quality start essentially every time he's been out there. He's just got bad luck by no run support. But this Mets team, Biggie, looked lifeless over the weekend. It looks like a team that's, you know, we already know in the, the front office and everyone's throwing in the towel. But it looks like a bunch of players who just are ready to get to Cancun. They're ready for October to get here, to hit the golf course, to hit a vacation, and to get the hell out of here because the Braves just dominated every sense of the word. And, you know, you have their prospects 
come out of nowhere and throw a gem. And then you got Mets minor leaguers like Danny Reyes get absolutely rocked. For ex-Met prospect Alan Winans gets his first major league win, seven shutout innings. In that 21-3, Falcons beat the Giants shellacking on Saturday. A couple months ago, Figgy, we thought this was going to be a monster four-game series. City Field was going to be rocking. It was rocking for that 21-3 game with Braves fans. There were 40,000 people there, shockingly, for the husband of this RoboNet doll giveaway. But the rest of the weekend was unwatchable. God bless you if you went to both Saturday. God bless you if you went to all these games this weekend if you're a Met fan because this is not baseball worth paying for. Yeah, the term rock bottom isn't even good enough, right? You're talking about there's nothing you could do to the Braves. It's like you're out of your weight class. It's a heavyweight champion fighting against a featherweight right now, and you're ill-equipped to keep up with them. Yes, they won the last game, salvaged it, but it was a six-run inning where it seemed like the Braves just didn't care. They were tired from running all the bases the day before. And, you know, you want to talk about lifeless. Even the guys that you're bringing in, uh, you could see the flaws immediately, right? Every time a reliever comes in, you know what he can and can't do. Adovino came in last night's game, and you're sitting there going, okay, somebody's going to get on. He's going to walk somebody. They're going to steal a base. And here we go, right? That's exactly how it was going to play out. Drew Smith came in for Brooks Raley, and what would you say? Oh, now Drew Smith's going to get rocked, and he's going to give up the lead, and it's going to happen again. You just had that feeling as soon as Kodai Senga came out that, oh, Jesus, there's too much time for something to go wrong. And it didn't. They won a game. Kudos. Tip your cap. Kodai Senga has been the lone bright spot of the season when it comes to pitching. Um, David Robertson, of course, was doing holding his own until he gets traded. But when you look at Kodai Senga, absolutely love the fact that he was a little geeked up in the beginning. You know, you kept hearing about how he leads baseball in three ball counts. Um, he was all around the strike zone, got himself in the trouble. And one pitch that Ozuna hits down the line was the difference right there. Three run score. But then he went into lockdown mode after that. He kind of relaxed a little bit and allowed his stuff to work and play out and gave up two more hits. Had, a, uh, I think it was six strikeouts and it looked like the Kodai Sanga that we've seen in the first half. So nice to see him get punched in the face. And still find a way to come back and and put up a good showing and, you know, left there with the lead. There's nothing to really talk about uh, baseball wise that is of any interest anywhere. I I mean, honestly, there's no. Here's the issue, Figgy, is that the Mets are going to have to have a big free agency, do a lot. We know that get better. But they don't look anywhere in the same hemisphere as the Atlanta. Like they could sign four or five pitchers and still not be in the same stratosphere. And while they could have a great offseason. That gap looks like it's nowhere near to close, and that's what's alarming. And we expect a bright offseason, bright future prospect, blah, blah, blah. But, man, the Braves are just a major league team right now, and the Mets are a minor league team. And I don't know if a great offseason is making that closer for next season. Yeah, I don't think it's become more apparent, right? The Mets went out there and spent all the money, and you thought World Series contender. And everything that happened throughout the first half of the season, uh, you know, they're going to get on track. You know, guy get hurt. Guy was hurt. Guy was out for the season. They're going to get on track. They're going to get on track. They're going to have a nice win streak here. And it never happened. I mean, they were, you know, what was it? At one point, three and a half games out. And then they got swept by the Braves. And then they got swept by the Phillies right after that. Remember, that was where it all turned and it got very dark very quick. 
So when you thought you had a chance and you kept saying, if these guys just play to the back of their baseball cards, which is the worst phrase on the planet, that they would be okay. They would be able to, you know, get right back into this. And this four game series would have showed who they were, right? You'd been within punching distance. <laughs> it couldn't have been any further. Um, it, it reminded you of the days where the Braves won like 12 straight National League East titles. And the Mets were just irrelevant. You know, you just there was no way to overcome what the Braves had. That Braves team or formula is there again. It's a scary thought because all these young players that they have, all these young studs who are performing, who they have four guys with over 25 home runs that will have over 30 home runs here and just, you know, give them a, a week or two. Matt Olson, where they let Freddie Freeman go, and you're thinking, how could you do that? You have to pay him $370 million to keep him. He's a brave for life. This is where the whole thing with Alonzo comes in, right? Well, you have that kind of talent. You have that kind of player. And they were able to go and get Olson for what? Prospects? It's laughable. 43 homers, and the homer on Sunday was the second longest homer at City Field since Michael Conforto. But you know what? For him, that's, I think, the sixth or seventh time he's hit a ball over 450 feet. Like, it's a joke right now what he's doing in baseball. He is right now clearing away, for me, the MVP of the National League. There, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And he's doing it. You're watching his at-bats, and you're just sitting there going, even the foul balls that he hits, you're like, oh, my God, he's gonna it's going to hit another home run. He's going to hit another home run. He is on that level where everything looks so easy that he does. His first base uh, play, you know, I, I remember on the broadcast, I was saying the metrics say he's not a, you know, top uh, defender, but you watch him play and he looks like a top defender. Everything the Braves do they make it look easy. They're stealing bases. They're hitting balls into the upper, upper, upper deck um, on Saturday with uh, Albies. Albies, who they got for pennies on the dollar. Just think about it this way. I think he's making half of what McNeil makes. They're getting everyone, it feels like, a pennies on the Even Austin Riley seems like a discount. Like, they're not paying a ton for anyone. That deal for Austin Riley may be one of the greatest fleecings of all time where Rafael Devers has worse numbers than him career-wise. 10 years, 212 million. Austin Riley has better numbers than Rafael Devers across the board, and Rafael Devers is making 100 million more. I'll say that again. 100 million more in the same deal. You can't explain to me how they go and they're both negotiating with their teams respectively. And they sit and go, here, and I believe Devers got his deal first, $100 million more. And they said, hey, Austin, we'll give you $100 million less. And he was like, sweet. And Where on top sign? of that, he's donating like 5% to the Atlanta Braves Foundation. You know what that foundation is? It's the <laughs> Kick the Mets Ass Foundation. That's where the 5% <laughs> is going, right up the Mets' ass. Even the retreads of, of them going out and getting relievers that you've seen somewhere before. Oh, yeah, they used to be Mets, too. They get retreads, and they come, and they put on an Atlanta Brave uniform, and they look like they're just dominant. It's just an immediate, like, put the logo across my chest. I become Superman. It, every one of these guys, it was just outclassed, outmanned, outnumbered. It, it would look like, you know, the Mets were running in quicksand. And you look up and you're like, uh, you know, who your favorite player is, the second baseman. Yeah, he's only got a 44.2 ERA. Leading yeah, but he had a zero. Entry. He had a zero. at the You know, it, it all went to ruins. He could have been our best pitcher. Anyway, you, you have, you know, Mendick, you have Stewart, Ortega, Aruz, and, and you're sitting here going, where the hell is Mauricio? No, August nineteenth. We got you five days. Ba- 
But but my my thing, Jake, is that if you have an owner who has these pockets, what the hell do you care about? I agree. But at this point now, five, it doesn't make a difference at this point. You're 12 games under. I would just wait the week. But this this is a moot point. Should have been done in July. What it should have been done is when the Mets were still in a race. And the whole frustrating part about it is going into August is all these wildcard teams started losing like crazy, where the leader is just five games over 500. Like, so if the Mets were to keep some of the band together, they probably win more of these games. Maybe they're within four or five. Instead, even with all these losses, eight and a half is a lot, but they were seven and a half for a while. So they haven't lost. They got to six and a half. They were at six and a half before the Brave series started. They were at six and a half, I believe it was. And I'm sitting there and I said to them, I'm, I'm watching the standings and I go, wait a minute, there's still six and a half. How is this even possible? And they were on a six game losing streak. So when they were losing, everybody else was losing. So could you imagine? This is the biggest what if. And I'll go back to what Steve Cohen said in the press conference when they looked at it and whoever they is, because there's always a guy that looks at it from just a pure numbers perspective. And they said they had a 12 to 14 percent chance of making the playoffs. Well, then shake the damn magic eight ball and try again. Don't sit here and tell me about a percentage over your belief in your players, because you said yourself, we haven't hit, clicked on all cylinders yet. They actually started playing well towards the the uh, the trade deadline, right? They started playing well, and you knew that they all knew we've got to turn this around if we're going to get help, if we're going to compete together and try and do this. Because when to a man, all the guys that came over and signed signed with the intention of. Wow, they're putting together a really good team, and I want to be a part of this. Then you started ripping pieces apart and wondering why the heart and soul of this team looks gone. Everybody is their head spinning, and you're hearing reports about clubhouse chaos in the clubhouse, and there's animosity, and and this person doesn't like that person, and they don't get along, and chemistry. Team chemistry happens. I don't know too many losing teams that are like, I love being with these guys all year long and getting our asses kicked. No. Team chemistry happens and you hear all about how much they love each other when they're winning, when they win championships. That's when you hear about team chemistry and how important it is. And Figgy, that was the big story over the weekend. Of course, drama in Mets land as they keep losing and losing and losing and more of these kind of stories might come out as we start to learn what the hell happened to these 2023 Mets because something is going on behind the scenes. Well, we might know one thing where a Met told our own New York Post, Mike Puma, that Verlander was a diva who was detached from his Mets teammates and complained about how the team's analytics department was not at the level as the one he worked with during his first stint with the Astros. And it was that diva attitude that caused Max Scherzer to grumble some about Verlander. So the two high-priced 40-plus million-a-year guys who didn't have a great relationship in Detroit now come here. One can't find his slider, can't find his grip. The other starts the season hurt. The other's apparently detached. A lot of mayhem and more of this may come out as the season comes to a close here, Figgy, but this might have been part of the reason they traded Verlander and Scherzer. Who knows? Maybe they didn't want the young guys learning from these guys. Who knows? But this could be even uglier, but it seemed like a mess these first four months with those two together. Yeah, well, I remember when Max Scherzer first came along, right? And they everyone had talked about how different it was to have a guy with a winning pedigree being the leader. And they said the same thing about DeGrom, remember, as he was leaving out the door, how he was detached, right? He had to, he was doing his own thing. He really didn't. And people would watch what he did, but nobody really 
hung out with him or did things with him. Uh, Max Scherzer was more of kind of like the ringleader. He led by example, and then he would go back and he you could see him talking with Taiwan Walker and Bassett in the dugout about how they pitch certain guys and looking at the iPads, and everybody seemed to feed off that, right? I think when it comes to calling Verlander a diva, tough honestly. Like when you have a superstar player who's coming off a of Cy Young, who has done everything in his career, his third Cy Young, including um, won a World Series, um, going first ballot Hall of Fame, he's going to do things a little bit differently. It doesn't mean everybody has to be the same. And if your expectations are that he's supposed to take other guys by the hand and and show them the way, that's not necessarily how it's. he's trying to still get it done at age 40 at a very high level. He's not trying to peter out and just give you whatever he's got and be okay with that. So whatever it is that he needs to do to get himself ready every fifth day and to keep himself at, you know, the upper echelon, he's going to do that does not mean like a guy like Tyler McGill, who we thought would take that next step, right? Big, tall, right-hander has some of the same attributes that these other guys have power, fastball, good breaking ball ability to throw a change up at any time. You thought Tyler McGill would take off to the next level, and all we saw was regression every start, even in AAA. Um, it, it, he's he's hard to watch right now because he's so lost. So to blame that on anybody or to try and point at fingers at one man or even those two guys, no one and no manager especially sits there and says, I'm going to treat everybody equal. And the superstars, because they've earned their stripes, are going to get treated a little differently. And if they don't want to go out for batting practice and shag, and if they don't want to go and, and sit in a meeting that the analytics aren't for them, they don't adhere to what they are normally used to doing. Well, they had success doing what they've done before. You bring them into an environment where you're trying to get your analytics up to par with some of the great teams in the league. And he's telling you that it's not the same. Then who the hell are you to say that he's wrong? He's telling you because he's been a part of it. His career changed paths as he became an Astro. And you could talk about the cheating scandal all you want. But remember, him and Garrett Cole in that rotation had career years and signed extensions. And Cole went on to $300 million with the Yankees. Now you're sitting here and you're wondering why things went wrong and pointing fingers and looking for stories. And this is what I've always said about New York media. And, and it, it almost kills me that I'm a part of it now. It is so hard to write a story unless you're trying to get like a scoop or an inside. And with all these unnamed sources, that is such a cop out. And I get it. You have to respect the, the process. But in, in this day and age of social media and sensationalism, you can sit there and say, I know something because I know it. And I love Sal Licata to death. But saying that Pete Alonso is an issue without having a name or without having an instance, just saying you know it isn't good enough. Isn't good enough. It's like Evan Roberts a few weeks, you know, a, a month or two back when Tampa Bay was 18 and three at home and he's calling them cheaters. That's yeah, great for the ratings, but there's no basis to it. So you're going out there to just get clicks. You're going out there just to give out information. You're going out there for people to read your stories. I get that. But inside of that clubhouse, I know because I've been a part of it. Santana was above and beyond every single pitcher. Right. We had Santana. We had Pedro. I wanted to stand there and learn 
everything that they did. I watched their bullpens religiously. I watched the way that they they held their pitches. I played catch with them. Hey, you, you need to play catch? I'll play catch with you. I don't care if I played catch three times that day. I, I wanted to learn a little bit more, a little bit more. That's me taking the onus on myself. That's not me saying, I hope they work with me. They don't give a damn about me. They give a damn about taking care of the opponent and, and, and making them look foolish. But Santana did things that uh, game ready, which is a, a massaging thing for his arm on days that he didn't pitch. And I would say to the training staff, hey, can I get the game ready? And like, oh, no, it's only for lefties. And I start laughing. I go, you're so full of shit. I know there's a different you know, side of it. And why can't we use it? And like, well, that's his, you know, his regimen was different. His training was different. That doesn't make him a diva. That makes him an upper echelon pitcher. So a diva is someone who says, I'm used to getting it my way and I don't care, but their performance doesn't, uh, a diva is a diva because they are upper echelon of performing, even the singers, right? You call them a diva because they are the best of the best and whatever they need, whether it's blue M&Ms, or, you know, pretzels that don't have any salt on them, you get them what they need because you want them performing at the highest level. So I, I don't buy that. I don't I don't respect that. And I think the more and more that you hear about this stuff without names being added to it, to me, it's just made up rumors. Yeah. And both of us, you know, we're buddies with Sal, so we're not going to tweet him and be like, you you freaking idiot. But like it was a little bizarre, especially the day before, because he was on SNY saying you have to extend Pete Alonzo for life. And within 24 hours later, there was something that he heard where he did the complete opposite and said, he's a clubhouse problem. You have to trade him. So uh, we don't know who said it. We don't know. Martino said something. Someone else said something to him. He heard something. But from all the accounts we have heard and seen from the people that we know and talk to, we haven't heard that side. We've heard, you know, he's a good clubhouse guy. He does a lot for the community. He's a good person, good family. So we've seen the maybe immature side with the humping the rails and maybe not being the true leader in terms of the vocal leader. Maybe that's accurate, but clubhouse problem is not something either of us have heard. Yeah, no. And I, and I think it was funny because I put out a tweet uh, during the week um, early on about who should be the next Mets captain. The results were a little bit shocking to me. Number one, Lindor, had 32% of the vote, 28% of the vote went to no one, there should be no captain, 26% of the vote went to Pete Alonso, and 11% of the vote went to Brandon Nimmo. Immediately, these are the same people, the same fans, who are crushing Lindor at every turn about how he's not a superstar. And yet, if you look at his numbers, he is top three in every category, not top three in the National League East, not top three in the National League, top three in baseball in almost every single category. And yet you're sitting here saying he's not worth the money. He's not a superstar. He's not a superstar. I, I, I beg to differ because one of the other things that superstars do or leaders on a team do is they're accountable. And even when he was at the lowest of lows in a Met uniform, he was front and center of that camera. He was top step. Even when he made an out or he struck out, he'd be top step rooting on his teammates to come through with a RBI single or something like that. And we've always said that about him. That's something you really, really need when it comes to, you know, you know how your uh, your clubhouse is run. You need a voice. You need someone who says this is the standard that we are, are, are setting ourselves to. And when you have a lot of superstars from different places and there's a pull from every place, it would be really hard to make somebody the captain who doesn't have the same tenure as two Hall of Fame pitchers, right? Because they could just say, well, go do your own thing. I don't care. Um, but that's not what good teams do. Good teams find a way to blend. And, and you know, do you voice your opinions? Absolutely. Do you voice them in the media? Never. 
the Yankees have had that curl, a steel curtain. You don't get to see what happens. And the first time we've seen something like this or where it's changed just slightly was a guy who just came to the Yankees in Middleton, right? He comes over from the White Sox and immediately starts running his mouth about how the White Sox do things so differently and how great it is to have structure and how great it is to have rules. And, and you're sitting there and while you love it, you're also saying, oh my God, this guy is running his mouth. So immediately when anything ever comes out bad about the Yankees, say in the offseason, if they don't make the playoffs and everything else, who do you think I'm looking for? Probably going to be this Middleton guy who likes to run his lips. Or did he learn his lesson? Because all of baseball turned around. I was like, dude, there's an unwritten code, right? It's like a bro code. You don't go around running your mouth about things. It is what it is. Don't tell Max Scherzer that. You don't tell Max Scherzer. He ran his mouth a little bit. I, but I think also at the same time, Max Scherzer feels like he was deceived into what the plan was. Okay. He could he's pick. Not, he, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He could have. Right. He could have picked anywhere to sign. Right. He could have picked Philadelphia. He could have probably picked Atlanta to go down and sign with. Will he have gotten forty three million dollars? No. Well, that's the difference. Right. But the money was the, 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 probably the number one issue. But he's already had money. Right. Do you want to be 43 million and miserable or do you want to have 35 million and know that your team's going to have a chance to uh, be in the playoffs and World Series every year? He chose 43 in the rich owner in the sport with the hope that it'll be a World Series team. And that has not been the case. You see, you were, you know, Sal said what he said, but you were in the camp a few weeks ago say you have to listen to offers. And I would consider trading Pete Alonzo. Has your opinion changed on that? Would you still listen to offers and potentially trade him or do you sign him long term? Or do you just keep him one more year and let him go in a free agency and then see what happens then? I love Pete Alonzo. I think he has been a fantastic Met. I think the numbers are undeniable, the power numbers, the production numbers. But at the same time, if you're trying to revamp things and you're still looking to get more prospects and get more players that there is not that huge fall off from the A to B squad, then you dangle him at least. And see what you get. But what happens is everybody knows you're playing poker with it. They're going to not give you the best offer. They're going to give you something that's uh, make you think a little bit, but you might not get the best offers in the world because they don't think you're serious about doing it. Remember, we talked about this uh, one of our first podcasts when um, Brody Van Wagner was dangling Noah Syndergaard around. And you're thinking, how could you possibly do that? He's young. He's talented. He's, uh, he's, he's poised to take that next step in upper echelon. But you would have got back so much on the return. And now you're sitting here going, why the hell didn't we do that? Right. So I'm not saying that Pete's going to fall off a cliff or anything of that nature. But if you're going to be able to afford Pete Alonzo regardless, and if you're not locking him up to an extension now, Juan Soto is a much better hitter up and down than Pete Alonzo. Would you agree? Uh, I mean, maybe, but his numbers haven't shown that. But maybe pure hitter, maybe. But uh, his numbers haven't shown that. What numbers haven't shown that? Are we talking about the same Juan Soto? He's, he's not the I mean, average wise, yes, he's better than Pete, but he's not hitting the home runs at the rate Pete is hitting. And, and that's all right. And he's he's also not striking out at the rate that uh, that Pete strikes out at. And he also went from batting 212 or whatever, and I believe he's got to be closer to 250, 260, 270. He's normally 268 right now. Right. But if you look at, if you go back and you look, I, I, he was batting like one something early on where the Padres were again to talk like the Mets. So what's going on with all this money, all these players? Why aren't they doing it? Juan Soto, especially Juan Soto with the Washington Nationals, who was coming off of winning a World Series, and you let your number one all-time franchise player and Bryce Harper go, and you let Scherzer go, then uh, and you're trading Scherzer, then why wouldn't you 
dangle Peter around because they really didn't think Juan Soto would be available. And remember I said, oh, the Mets should try and get him. And then two weeks later, he gets traded to the Padres. I don't trust. It can't be Epler doing any dangling. Hopefully it's not Epler, but I guess you listen to offers. I just think it sends a bad message. You need that. Those power hitters don't grow on trees. I just think of the, the fan base. You're selling the back. Oh, look, we got all these top prospects. But now we have Mark Vientos playing first base or we're signing someone in free agency like it's sending a piss poor message. If you trade Pete Alonso that you really are punting next year. you can say all you want your field and competitive team. You trade your, you know, your franchise leader for prospects. You are fully in punt mode for 2024 and you are fully have nobody locking in season tickets because no one wants to see that garbage product if you try correct it. but so, remember it but if you get blown away you got to do it but i'm not prospects aren't blown like if you're getting a number one or two starter and you're getting maybe prospects you might consider it i just don't think the mets will end up getting that and and that's the thing right because what are you saying if you're saying it's a punt or just you're going to feel the competitive team and you're not looking for world series aspirations because of what the projections say or the websites say then if you got a chance to take pete alonzo and get a frontline starter and I, and I don't mean like a kid who's on the cusp of making the major leagues. I'm talking about getting somebody now that you can say, hey, this guy pr- plugs in and we're going to be able to have this guy. And then you bring him back in 2025 because you're going to pay him whatever the money is, right, to bring him back. So the 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 the, the polar bear comes back to the cave. It's a huge story. He, he, now of course, he, the money is going to be overwhelming. But if you're going to do that anyway, and you can do that and still get four or five guys that are going to make your team better, that you never see DJ Stewart or Danny Mendick again, then you kind of think about it, don't you? I mean, it's just a, it's just a thought. And again, I would hope saying- that we never see them again with keeping Pete Alonso. I would hope this was just a F up and they're not anywhere in sight anyway. Let me let me just keep going. So the Ortegas, the the Aruzes, the that's enough. Guys. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just saying you put it out there and you want to see what interest there is how how much would you be willing to give me for this and you never know what you get on, on the return because if you're going to bring pete back and you you tell him this in the trade we're going to bring you back we're going to do everything in our power to bring you back this made us our ball club better they did it to two hall of famers pete's good yeah I mean, he's not a hall of fame bringing him back i guess after next year that could it, happen i guess you don't see that happen often but maybe no you don't because oh, what's another one of the words the yankees wake up and sign them over the yankee stadium and pete's in the yankee stadium hitting 40 50 home runs a year i i get it i get it but those are calculated risks that if you have a a, a marketable product you have a commodity that people want and Power numbers are still everything. I mean, he's going to hit 40 home runs, over 100 RBIs, and even, you know, he was hurt, and it was a down season for him. Locking him up is going to take more than $25 million a year, right? Probably. I mean, the, the max, the, the highest paid first baseman is uh, Miguel Cabrera at $32 million. But Miguel Cabrera is a first ballot Hall of Famer who has been doing it for 19 years. Eight years, 250? I mean, eight years, 300? Might be something like that in that range. Well, we'll see. I think I'm not against seeing what you get for him. I'm just not in the team of trading. I'm amazing but true. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa, at amazing but true, at Jake Brown Radio, at Figgy and Y. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Watch the New York Post Sports YouTube page. The Mets will face the Pirates at City Field this week. The only reason to go is for to play taps on your way with the Edwin Diaz trumpet bobblehead giveaway on Tuesday. So I'll go to that one. 
I'm considering going Thursday for a good cause. It's the NYPD NYFD uh, game that got moved to next Thursday. I'm, I'm curious if David Wright stayed in town. You know, he doesn't come to New York often. Did I wonder if he bolted out of here and is coming to the makeup or not? We'll see about that. And then Thursday through Sunday at the Cardinals, we'll have another podcast drop on Thursday. But Figgy, it's been a while since we've done it. So coming up next on Amazing But True, we'll take a trip to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Bienvenidos, mi gente. We are now entering the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. Dieta restringida. Oh, my God. Dieta. Is that even Spanish? Oh, did I just roll my R? I think you rolled a T. It is awful. <laughs> Manejando borracho. Manejando borracho. Why did it sound like you got zapped? Well, I'm trying to switch up the tongue rotations and get it get the tongue right. You got to believe. Tienes que creer. Tienes que creer. You make it sound so good. I just can't roll the R's, but otherwise. Awful. Bore, tienes que creer. Amen. How do you say amen? Uh, you just said it. I can't remember this stuff. It is hard. You just say yes. We, uh, si. There you go. I knew you could do it. Bienvenido, mi gente. This is the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy, where Jake Brown is attempting his <laughs> damn bestest to learn a little bit of Spanish. And it, it comes in handy, Jake, does it not? It does. I do love uh, Latina women, and uh, <laughs> I can never speak their language to them. So I try my hardest and usually fail. Yeah, well, one thing that's difficult to watch has been this team. I'd love to be a fly on the wall to watch those interactions with those Latina women. So we're going to start out with difficult to watch this team. Ready? Not really, but go. Difícil ver a este equipo. Jesus Christ. Difícil? Difícil. Difícil, like uh, Mike DeFelice. Difícil. (laughs) Difícil. Difficil next. Ver a este equipo. Okay, slow down. Veil, like. Ver. Ver. Okay, ver, like gear, but ver. Okay. A este equipo. A este equipo. 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 Not equipo. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Difficil ver a este equipo. One more time. Difícil ver a este equipo. A little better. You, you, you sound like you literally sound like the voice on uh, Google Translate. I say okay. it's like I feel like saying it faster makes me more Spanish, but it doesn't. <laughs> Difícil ver a este equipo. What does that mean again? Difficult to watch this team. 
difficult to watch this team. Okay, yeah, I think no truer words are spoken. Um, one of the things that we've been talking about is uh, remember the thought, the dream, how this team would be fighting for first place after you know for this weekend with the Braves. Well, they're actually fighting to stay out of last place. So they entered Sunday in last place because they won. They are a half game up in the Nationals. If they were to lose Monday night against the Pirates at City Field with the Nationals off, they will be tied for last place with the Nationals. What a scary thought at this point. Last place. Ultimo lugar. Ultimo? No, not like, like Timo Perez. No, you're gonna I love go Timo Perez. I had his, I had his jersey, I had his jersey, World Series 2000 shirt. God, what that must have fit like. By the yeah. way, the the football oh, jersey looks fits. fantastic on you. It fit me right. It's not ter- as tight as you were expecting. This is the <laughs> soccer jersey. This is the soccer one, by the way. This isn't football. This is a soccer. That is foot. That I, is football. It is football. I washed it, so it is tighter now on the titties a little bit. But, it's but still why do you have titties? Oh, I'm fat. <laughs> Uh, people got titties. Um, for a fat guy, I don't have huge breasts though. Like there's some fabulous I know with like, like they just have just crazy titties. Like atención, are... atención. Este clase de español. Este es el clase de español, señor. See, this is why the ADD HDD medication needs to be on. Oh, I know how to say titties. It's tetas. It's tetas. So back to último lugar. Excuse me. Ultimo lugar. Ultimo. Oh, like Peter Lugers. Pete Lagar. Okay. Pete, like Warwan Lagaris without the ES, right? <laughs> it's amazing how your brain works, dude. Ultimo, Ultimo Lagar. Ultimo lugar. Ultimo lugar. Ultimo lagar. Ultimo lagar. Ultimo lagar. Hey, Ultimo lagar. That's hey, enough. Ultimo lagar. All right. Ultimo. So we got Difacil there a este equipo and Ultimo lagar. <laughs> A and last B. but not least, this is more of a personal one for you, Jake. It is. It's apparently time for you to get another roommate. Yes, unfortunately, September 1st, I need a final roommate. So any amazing my true listeners or viewers know I'm doing advertising on the podcast. Uh, it's a little pricey, so you got to have some money. But it does have in-unit laundry, dishwasher, your own balcony, <laughs> Uh, gym, rooftop, sky lounge. You got two little, a mini roof, a big roof, a gym, a lounge, a doorman, elevator, safe building, Astoria. You know, it's two grand and, and after Jake utilities Brown. and me. And you live with me, which I maybe not want to live with someone who listens to this, but uh, two grand after utilities. So if you got that kind of money, let me know. If you know someone, put out the word that I'm looking for September 1st, one year lease for a roommate. And you got to make, you know, a certain amount or have a guarantor, as they say. So thank you. Okay, now back to the program. Uh, need a roommate. Necesito un compañero de cuarto. I thought we were going to do Craigslist ad. No, I haven't resorted <laughs> to Craigslist yet. All right, say it again. Necesito un Necesito compañero. Un compañero de un, cuarto. Un compañero? What is it? No, where are you going? Where did this twang come from? Finding Nero. Oh, necesito un compañero. Necesito un compañero. Compañero. Nero. Okay. De cuarto. De cuarto. Where's a cuarto? Cuarto. <laughs> cuarto. Uh, Gordo Ramsey. Necesito un compañero de cuarto. One more time. Necesito un compañero de cuarto. 
Necesito un compañero de corto. Necesito un compañero de corto. Not bad. Not bad. That's one of your best uh, improvements uh, over the course of uh, saying it eight times. When I write it out, it makes it easier. So I yeah, think that's a B plus effort. That is that is cheating. I'll allow you to do it because we're at this point of the season that we got to give a little bit of help. So you see how I'm not a diva and I wanted to help you to get better. Wow. I allowed you to use your own resources, your own tools to get you to a better place. So We aren't divas. We're elitist here on Amazing but true as i was called by a guy in minnesota joe in minnesota remember that doesn't, doesn't like that i brought up chicken parm all the time clearly is a vegan or not italian or just hates life hates <laughs> we'll close out amazement true next get me out of here another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. If you're listening to this, let us know who that guy was that one time. If you're a loyal listener and you know this without going Ooh. to the reviews, you deserve a cookie. Let us know who the name of that guy was who hated Chicken Bar and hated me. Call me elitist. Um, as that says, adios. Episode 171 of Amazing Mature. I'm at the podcast on the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and to you, Jake, for producing the show. Uh, speaking of shows, how was the uh, 50 years of hip hop show? It was good. The issue was it was a marathon. It started like 6 p.m., which I didn't go in at 6. And it went to like 2.30 in the morning. And they saved Run DMC for last. You felt bad because a bunch of people left. I left before Run DMC. I'm sorry I missed it, but I was just exhausted. And it went so long, but there were just so many legends. It was great. Derek Jeter was brought out by uh, Kid Capri. Kid Capri, yeah. um, You know, there were some special guests. Ashanti showed up with Fat Joe, which was awesome because she was kind of a special guest. And she still looks incredible. Shout out to Ashanti. Um, Jake Brown Radio on Instagram. If, uh, no, 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 no. That's not what we're doing here. First, I have no chance. But, uh, <laughs> That's called just, shooting your shot. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit better. Uh, Hearts, uh, what do you think about the show? It was damn good. It was honestly a great representation of the 50 years of hip hop, especially being in the Bronx with all the legends. I mean, you know, like Jake said, Fat Joe, Nas, Miss Lauren Hill surprise showed up. T.I. put on a show. It was cool to see Atlanta's T.I. It was great. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, you know, it, it felt like it, as someone that, that grew up in New York, you know, in the 90s and went to, you know, school and whatnot, to hear all these songs, it's like, man, it brought me back. But um, I know Jake left early, but I, I was able to catch some of Run DMC's last show ever. And um, that was that was pretty awesome, too. Everyone had their white Adidas kicks up. and everything. Nice. So it, was, it was a very iconic evening, perfect representation of hip-hop in the greatest city in, in New York. During this week on our Friday show at WPIX, I was asked to put my top five hip-hop artists. I gave 
Jay-Z, Wu-Tang, Biggie, Tupac, Eminem. See, mine's going to be different because you're an old man. I'm a little younger, so it's a little yeah, bit Yeah, who are you going with? Little Yachty? No, but I'm oh, going to put Drake Migos. in my top five. Drake See, Drake, yes, Drake. Five. So Drake, so that was my thing. My Drake's catalog, of course, is undeniable. I, I, so Drake was one. But who am I taking out for Drake? Well, that's the thing. Like, to me, I didn't listen. I'm younger, so I didn't listen to Tupac. So he's not going to be in my top five because I don't listen to him. So, I mean, he's got classic, but he's not on my list. So Drake's in there. Jay-Z's in there. Eminem. You're taking out Biggie for who? To me, Lil Wayne was big for me growing up. That's a, that's a tough I, one. He, I could probably again, put Lil Wayne. I, those in there. those literally were my six and sevens right there. Because I'm like, I, I I could put them in easily, and, and I could, but I think undeniable, my number one was Jay Z. Yeah, is this four? And then honestly, I didn't listen to Biggie either, so Biggie wouldn't be in my top oh. five. My top, my fifth would be tough. Like, Fabulous might be in my. Fifth spot is a that's New York a personal, I love, exactly. I get, I get that. That's a personal take. There. I love Fab, but the fifth spot is hard. But I might put low. It might be Drake number one, uh, number two, Jay Z, number three, Eminem, number four, um, Lil Wayne, number five, Fabulous. But Ludacris's approach is there for me too. I heard a He's lot of Ludacris when we're talking about like, it. Uh-huh. It is a, it is a tough list. But uh, do you want to close out the rest of the show while we're here? Yeah, we might as well. well. Subscribe to Amazing But True on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Watch all the episodes. Find that Amazing But True playlist. We'll be on it. Give us a thumbs up below on YouTube and comment your thoughts. What are you watching besides the Mets for the rest of the Mets season? No, I'm kidding. Uh, are you watching this team down the stretch? And what are you looking for? Follow us on Twitter at Amazing But True, at Figgy and Y, and for Ashanti at Jake Brown Radio. Yes, Ashanti still, I mean, doesn't age. I mean, it's unbelievable these people. Uh, don't age, but a fun weekend. Yeah, I really enjoyed the Savannah Bananas experience I went to on Saturday. Did you explain to them that you didn't know how to eat a banana? A balaller. Um, now, yeah, still, if you listen to the show a while, you did discover me eating a banana and struggling to open it. So, uh, luckily, they, didn't th- they throw bananas in the crowd, which is cool. Luckily, I didn't throw one. They didn't watch me eat it on the big screen because it would have been embarrassing. Well, they struck out a guy and started throwing munchkins in the crowd. They give out, and I might have to use it today. They gave out little, and I... I, I'm not gonna lie. I kept going in and out to get more of them little two dollar Dunkin' gift cards. So I nice stacked job, up. Uh, I got a whole eight dollars. <laughs> I could buy myself a large coffee now with my uh, six dollars. Hopefully they'll use more than use more than one at one time. Great experience. Tough ticket. Apparently it's a couple hundred resale, but they're only twenty five if you get them. But their waiting list is over nine hundred thousand people, which is yeah. like insanity. So it's kind of like the Globe Trotters baseball version, but on crack because every like pitch they do dances the umpire was non-stop twerking which was hilarious the umpire was hilarious they had the guy on the stilts up at the plate the, the drama yeah. was that a fan if they catch the ball it's an out yes the guy on the on the tall sticks what, what do you call them stilts, stilts. stilts. yeah stilts. stilt guy hits a foul ball and a fan catches it so like he's out yeah so stilt guy was out and he's a banana so you got your own player out my thought is, I want to be a part. I want to be part of an out in a game. So I don't. The problem is they shun you. You literally get booed by the whole stadium if you catch. A if you catch the animal foul ball, you're fine. But if you catch a banana foul ball, you're like shunned out of the building. I'm like, damn. I don't know if I want that pressure. We'll be back on a Thursday after the Mets end up in last place if they end up losing to the Pirates, who at one point they were fighting each other in the wild card, and both of them are falling into irrelevancy so enjoy the games you see it tuesday for edwin diaz trumpet bobblehead catch figgy and picks 11 at 7 p.m now there's a rain delay on the 25th 
I'm yes. co-hosting with you. So I'm I'm doing my rain dance the night before. But if there's no rain in the forecast, it's not happening. But I hope to at some point be invited as a guest because Oh no, no. That that's gonna that's definitely gonna happen. Remember, your your uh cata- your catalog is very long, so you can talk any sport where you are on the very short list right now of guests when we start pulling guests in. Um we had Nick uh Chituo, uh the oh, Yankee yes. fan. And it was very hard on net, uh, network television because you didn't he know it was live. A lot. Yes, yeah, he a lot. and he he dropped one or some kind of reference, and it was a scary moment for us because we're like, all right, now we're gonna get canceled. This is great, but oh, no. uh, needless to say, uh, yeah, I'm not worried about you, and I know um, I've mentioned it before that you can handle yourself in any element. So it'll be uh, fun to have you on, and I'm praying for a rain delay because this way we get to do our thing together and um, have some fun. That would be incredible, yeah. And I'll wear the baby blue, the blue blazer. The <laughs> blue blazer will look great on television. So we'll be back Thursday. Check out a new episode. Ed Cranepool will be on soon. Stay tuned for that. And Figgy, they won Sunday, so I guess we got to close it. And they're not in last place right now. Right now. So 3 2 1. But let's go, Mets. <laughs> this is pain. <laughs> Nice to see him get punched in the face.